K-A-L-W. Welcome to Uncuffed. This is the host you love the most, but you never heard of me before. This is Tom Tramp, man. And we're here where you'll never expect it. This is not San Quentin, y'all. We're here in a podcast studio in Oslo right now called Klinja. Shout out to them for letting us use this space. It's beautiful. Come on, let's go ahead and introduce who's in the room right now. Let's go to my right. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, it's the one and only Tommy Shakur Ross coming at you all the way live doing it in the region way. Hey, y'all, this is Adamu Chan coming to you from Norway. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Edmund back in San Quentin. And Young every- Edmund! And everybody else. We take you with us every time, every everywhere we go, and especially here in Norway. How y'all doing out there? We coming to you guys live from Oslo, Norway. It's unbelievable. This is Nathan, Nate McKinney. And before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Greg G Dog Estridge, man. I wish he was Invoke here. You know, uh, Greg Estridge. It, it, it wouldn't all. Be, it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for your your dedication and hard work. But I'm feeling good about this. For I'm really? in a relaxed state of mold, a mood. Uh, I'm not under pressure. I think I can say what I really want, and I can truly say that I'm uncuffed at this particular time in my life, and it feels absolutely wonderful. Freedom is freedom, and Ooh. I love it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, like, we've been, like, touring all over Norway. We went to a conference. We then checked out some prisons. We were invited into Oslo prison to to be interviewed and interview some of the currently incarcerated fellows who's running a Norwegian prison radio project called Rurovir Radion. And I just want to say shout out to them because they're doing amazing work. We saw Oslo prison here. We saw Holden State prison here. And today we jumped on a ferry. And we skated on over to this island, Bastoy. And uh, Bastoy, man, that thing was like bananas to me. I was like, whoa, Nate the Great, man, holla at me, man. So you went to Bastoy too, man. You jumped on that ferry. You was floating. Well, when you put up on that island, what you see? Like, what was the scenery, man? Paint a picture for the team. Well, first of all, every time I go down to the harbor or on a boat ride, I'm going on a cruise. And like all cruises, it starts off fantastic. We took the boat right across. It took a little while to get there. And all the while there, I was thinking how beautiful the island was. Mm. And when I got there, it was still beautiful. Um, The scenery, it kind of reminded me of uh, a scene out of a movie. Um, So the whole scene to me was overwhelming to see people wandering around in their civilian clothes, Mm. running marathons, riding bicycles, Mm. living in cottages. And we got an opportunity to view how something is 180 degrees different from what I've experienced when I was incarcerated. I spent 23 years in California state prisons and I've never seen a model that could equal or match what they showed me today. So let's throw to some of that audio real quick. Let's check it out. I see trees. I see a horse, right? We're walking on uh, on a, uh, what's this, a dock, right? Leading to the prison. And I'm looking to my right, I see a freaking tractor, freaking cutting grass, getting ready for the fields and smells so fresh, it's bananas. 
There's just so many trees around me. The air smells like platinum. It smells like freedom. Weirdly enough to put it that way, it's like this prison smells like it's free. We have a lot of fields. What we produce on the field is grain, basically, uh, and potatoes. As you've seen, we have a lot of horses here. Those horses we keep for several reasons. Having residents that are, have experienced you know, lack of empathy, very badly developed empathy skills, uh, and have, maybe have uh, anger management issues. To tend animals is a good way of developing those empathy skills. I love like the, the idea of they have like a communal style living where everybody is invested in participating and building up this community. Like they have people doing woodwork uh, to cut up trees and create logs, create uh, planks, whatever it is they need because they have these old buildings. They have people who do uh, building maintenance. They have people that uh, take care of the, the grass, people who, who, who take care of their, their canteen and cook food. Back in San Quentin, we used to always talk about it. It's like, when you feel like you're a part of the community, when you feel like you're contributing to the community, right? Like you are less likely to hurt the community. So I see that practice being displayed, but in the most extreme, best form possible fashion here at Bastoy. It, I'm just absolutely mind blown right now. Just floored that something like this exists in the world. Now it looks like we're going into a barn. From the workshop. It's a weight room. Oh, it's a weight room. Hold up, let me throw this away. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so I just got out of prison in April 27th after doing 36 and a half years. So, I used to love lifting weights, but they took the weights from us in uh, California in the 1990s because they said we were getting too big and strong. Okay. Exercise rooms is about also letting out steam for the yes. residents. And then to do exercise is like a normal thing we do in the society. We actually encourage our general population to be fit, right? An officer running with an incarcerated person? Ah, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. Oh, well, today we're gonna run a bit. I like running too. You like running? Yeah. Not me. <laughs> I hate running, but I'm testing myself. Why not? <laughs> so, so what is what is uh what's what stands out to you the most about this prison? The nature. The nature? Yeah, the nature is amazing. Like what? Give me an example. The water, brother. The water. The water I like to swim. Like to swim. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you can go swimming every day? Every day if I want to. You can also go out and barbecue, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a very nice place to be. I, I imagine how that can be rehabilitated. Yeah, if you first are in prison, this is probably the best prison in the world. So you, can your family come over here? Yeah, they come every week. Every week? Every week they come. Twice a week. Yeah. Twice a week? Twice a week they come. So what is the thing that you like least about this prison? You can see the freedom, but you cannot go But outside. you can't go. Yeah. That, that, that's where my mind was at right there as well, you know? 
That's a good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you are in prison, this is a good place to be. It's the best place to be, in fact. Again, it's a Hey, Shakur, you, you pumped up about this story, man. Go ahead and kick it off, man. Like, how was you feeling about this story? Yeah, one of the things that I really appreciated about today was, like, the marathon. You know, I love running. Like, running is one of my favorite exercises. And to see them, uh, like, cheering when they when they made it, uh, completed the marathon. And then afterwards, on our way, uh, getting ready to leave, I noticed that they were giving out medals and they were giving them, like, water bottles. And it was just a... An atmosphere of community. It was something that I appreciated. Like just seeing the the, the incarcerated people along with the, uh, the the officers, like eating, you know, grilled hamburgers. Like that was that was really a sight for me to see, man. Absolutely. Yeah, wasn't that the best? A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, barbecue got, in the pen. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> I will say that um, you know I've been to a lot of different prisons in the California prison system, and uh, like what I experienced today was something that seemed like a fire camp, right? No fences, a lot of like relative freedom. Even though they are on an island, they can't they can't go home. But I've also been to like San Quentin, which is also like a like a show pony type prison. I know what the tours are like at San Quentin, right? They show you what they want what they want you to see. Um you don't see the, you know, back bar, fifth tier, you don't see all the ugliness. You don't see you don't see that. Like we weren't able to see everything, but these places are not accessible or available to everyone in the prison system. Mm. Um, and so they're their exception. And um, I feel like that's what we experienced today, right? I didn't I didn't feel like this was something, I mean, how many people were there? 125 people? I try to take that into consideration, right? But that being said, like I also experienced what I experienced like at every different stop, which was there was a lot of folks who had similar backgrounds, right? And um, who were like immigrants who came from like poor communities who experienced refugee status or war in their in their home countries and who also experienced a lot of discrimination like in Norway or had experienced some type of like trauma or 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 drug abuse or something like that and um, those were the people in prison and those are the type of people that are mostly in prison in mm. in the United States too so that was like a trend for me right yeah um and I feel like everybody wasn't singing the praises of the Norway system. They were like, it's, it's, it's better. There's a lot of things that are good. And there are a lot of things that are better about this society in general. But there's still a lot of things that don't work. But that said, though, right, like, I really want to segue. I really want to segue to a different point now. We've seen three prisons in total now. We've seen Oslo prison, Holden prison, and Bastoy prison over in, out here in Norway, right? So I want to ask y'all, I want to throw it out right now, like, what do you feel like California could be taken from these prisons? We recognize that these prisons, for the record, these are not the golden examples of just perfectness. But that said, what are the good things that we can take back with us to Cali? One of the things I want to say that uh, really stood out to me that I think uh, it would it would actually take work. But I appreciate the fact of the interpersonal relationships mm. with between the guards and the incarcerated people there uh, and the training that takes place with the guards. It's like a, it's not just something that uh, a six week uh, program that they go to or go through in order to be uh, correctional officers. It's like a three-year, uh, you know, intensive uh, approach to developing uh, interpersonal relationships 
with the men on the inside. So I think that uh, from my experience, like, I can imagine what it would be like to uh, be at a place where I know that the correctional officers actually see me as a person and relate to me as a person and they're willing to help me. I mean, I can imagine what it would be like to be running around, you know, the track, right, (laughs) with another officer and just having that conversation about, like, you know, what's going on in my life personally. I think at the very least, that's something that we we can learn from. But I also think, like, in order to even try to implement that, it has to come from, like, a top-down model. Mm. Like, the administration would have to really push that, right? And they would have to be able to model that and demonstrate that, at least to even try to even get it started. Mm. Can I say something real quick, too? Because I think there was a lot of conversation this weekend, like, or this week about, um, like, officer training Mm -hmm. and correctional officer training. And I think my response to that would be, like, what if, like, judges, DAs, and politicians who oversee, like, criminal justice um, policy were also given, like, three years of training mm. on that. Like, how 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 much would the system actually change if it was, like, that training was done at that level? And I'm not saying that that's, like, a perfect plan, but I think that, like, when when we just train the officers, it's kind of like... That's it's as if it's as, it's as if saying the system only functions at this interpersonal level, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really appreciate your suggestion right there too because, I, yes, we do need to to. I think that's a great idea to take over that interpersonal model between incarcerated and the staff. However, like you, I feel like that's like addressing symptoms, right? At that point, there are sentenced. There are already they're going to be serving. 25 to life in California, 30 to life if it's Edmund's case. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, it's like, yeah, you'll make Edmund feel a little bit better in prison, but he's still going to be serving 30 years with those nice guards. You know what I mean? So I definitely like what you were saying, like making sure that the people who's creating these sentences are more informed, more informed about the impacts of what these sentences do and whether it's really accomplishing this goal of quote unquote public safety. Right. So Nate, Nate, I know, I know you over there. You, I see wheels spinning and you (laughs) standing really still. So it's like, uh, I'm curious what's going on in your mind right now. Well, I think it has to be a cultural change. These unwritten rules Mm. have to be unwritten. The culture of us against them has to be eradicated for California to be successful uh, implementing the Norwegian model. It has to be a change of the mind. And how do you change that? That's a very difficult thing to do, to get into somebody's head and make them make the prejudice go away, make the preconceived ideas about who we are and what we did, and to see the humanity mm. And the person that they're supervising or they have charge of, that's a very difficult task. Yeah, I think that overall what I saw, I'm not sure whether or not like it would work Mm. in the United States or California just because of the way that our society is set up. Norway has like a robust um, social net. You know, there's not as much disparity in like in like wealth and 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 things like that that like influence the way that like you know how people get to prison and stuff like that um so i'm not sure about like 
bringing the Norwegian model to to the United States, it's not as easy as that, right? Like mm. the the prison system is like related to like what's happening outside in in broader society. But what I would say though is that like if there is any takeaway, right? If there's a if there's one takeaway that I would say um, that California, if they were to bring something or if they were bring to bring elements of the Norwegian system, I would say if they were to execute that, they would have to release. I don't know, like 80% of the people in California mm -hmm. prisons. And I think that's a good thing. There are so many people in California prisons. I mean, I don't believe in prisons, period. But I think there are so many people in prisons in California today that could go home and mm -hmm. be fine. For sure. Yeah. So the whole purpose we came out here to Oslo, Norway, is to attend this prison radio conference, right? To learn about prison radio and also learn about like best practices that's going on in Norway, right? And you hear about this Norwegian model, right? And I think one of the main things, one of the main tenets that they profess, right, is what type of neighbor do you want returning home to you, right? When we're at the conference, one of the speakers at the conference, prison radio conference, was a currently incarcerated woman and it wobbled my noggin. I was like, this person is currently incarcerated at a international prison conference? Yeah. From part. people all over the world is here right now. And she is allowed to participate in society. That person is going to be a healthy person in my opinion. In other words, she was able to take a break from her incarceration, come and entertain us, conduct a conference, an international conference, and then go back to prison. Yeah. It was mind-blowing. Couldn't believe it. It was a timeout in your sentence to be a citizen. Right. And, and, what, and what I couldn't believe is because in California, it is very difficult to even attend a funeral. If your mom died while you were in prison, barely anybody ever gets to go leave on a funeral to go see their parents. And this person is not leaving for any crazy emergency. This person is leaving prison to engage with society, right? That is civic engagement. That is becoming a part of society and not a part of society, right? And I believe that if we took that thinking and that practice to California, I think that that can make a huge difference. And I can only speak about my own experience of when I became more engaged with the community, when the community became more engaged in me, I became a more healed and, and well-rounded individual. I became more capable of returning home and being successful. I also feel like <laughs> the, the best insights that I heard this weekend to me came from the folks that I spoke to inside it. Like, especially I want to shout out Molly. Um, he was a young brother from um, Somalia that yeah. was inside and hosting um, a radio show inside and, and really touched me with like with his, his, like when I talked to him and interviewed him, just talked about the power of, of using his voice and the power of like his own transformation and like how that like instilled a sense of like commitment to his community and like and and speaking for others and trying to inspire others mm. so i think that 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 to me was you know the biggest impact for me and 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 something that i'm thinking about as like all of these other people talk about like the changes that need to be made in in the system and um all these conversations that are being had like at these other levels, right? Well, how was that for you, Tom? Yeah, man, like, just like Adamu said, I felt like we talked to a lot of prison officials. We had 
tour guides. We had all types of things going on, but I feel like the most impactful thing that I'm taking home with me was the conversations I had with the currently incarcerated people. Like those, those men are powerful. They're intelligent. They're capable. You know, they're dreamers. They they deserve every opportunity they got coming. And it's so fascinating because when we were doing radio, like you said, when we was doing Uncuffed and radio at San Quentin, we felt like we was this isolated, small niche that may or may not make an impact. But we're doing it because we, we have no other choice. We have to utilize our voices. Otherwise, we're not going to. If you sit down and do nothing at all, you're just becoming a part of the problem too, right? Wow. So that said, like just to be out here and then gathering and community and collective all over the world and saying, hey, we don't have to be alone fighting. We all are participating in this fight. We all are trying to center the voices of incarcerated people. We all are trying to bring us all together so we can create some changes in the system worldwide. I think that was like, for me, the most powerful part of this whole conference of being out in Norway was being able to meet those, meet the, that directly impacted people, the currently incarcerated people, and, and and see how they're using radio to fight for themselves. So, man, I want to segue to this final question and just close it off for the team. You know what I mean? I really appreciate y'all presence here today. We've seen a lot of stuff out here. We learned some things. Like, we were able also not just to observe, but also to create impact by pouring life into the fellows incarcerated. Like after this whole experience, what do you feel the path of change in California prisons is? I think that the pathway to change for me, from my perspective, mm. is that we really have a conversation about the function that prisons have in our society. And, um, like the way that prisons disappear people mm. who represent social problems, right? And um, when those when those problems don't get addressed outside of prison, um, then we use prison to kind of like take people who who don't fit this like idea of normality, right? And and mm. and disappear them. Um, and I feel like that's universal, right? That's not just something about California. It's not a United States thing. It's, it's, I see it here in, in Norway too. And so I think the pathway to change, like the long vision is that we figure out a, a, a better way to deal with the issues, the most pressing issues in, in our society and in our country mm -hmm. and don't use prisons as, as a solution to them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah. I want to I wanna bounce over to Nate just to catch him on unawares just so I can get some truth out oh, of him. No, I knew you was coming. I heard you walking. Um, I think I want everybody to focus on two words, effort and consistency. Mm. The effort is already there. You know, the, the, all the, the mo it's already in motion. People recognize it's a problem, so therefore they're trying to affect a change. And so they're making an effort. Now, this is where consistency, this is the part two of it is. Just don't Give lip service, you know, be consistent with your change, be consistent with your work and your work ethic when you're trying to change and don't look for a reason to give up. That's what I'm saying to California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. And that's what I think that I have to applaud them on their first step. Now, the second step is yet to be seen. And if we can get those two together, I think that it'll be a successful transition to a better prison system. We may not reach utopia. But if we keep if we get those two words in mind, I think we'll have great success. That's what I think.
Thank you for that. And um, to answer the question myself, I believe the next path for change is to continue to expand the power of the currently incarcerated people. And what that looks like is continuing to expand radio programs, uh, expand media programs for the incarcerated people to express their voices and, and express their truths about their realities in prison. So one thing that Michelle Alexander said that she said, if you want to really create change in a criminal justice system, you got you to gotta fight and create change in the court of law, but also the court of public opinion, right? And I feel that's the next path for change right there. Let's focus on that court of public opinion. So that's what I believe is the next pathway for us. Strengthening the voices and the power of the currently incarcerated people. Man, I want to close out. I just want to make our voices heard. I want to pass it around the room real quick just so we can say shout out, peace out. You know what I mean? So I just want to say, y'all, I love y'all, man. This is Bananas. We on the streets. <laughs> it's mutual, bro. Hey, I love y'all for real, man. Yeah, yeah. We in the, hey, so go ahead, Nate, man. How you feeling? I feel good. I want to thank everybody that made this trip possible. This has been a wonderful trip. This has been the best time I've had in my entire life mm. since I've been let out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. Shakur, go ahead, man. Close man, I, it out. Basically, I want to uh, shout out to uh, everybody that's doing time in, uh, in San Quentin State Prison. Mm. Right. Uh, we miss y'all. We love y'all. All right. I'm passing on the Dhamma. Yeah. I mean, I just want to give a shout out to y'all, man. Um, I feel like, you know, when you're inside, you have these dreams about what's possible and what's not possible. And um, it feels like my life since I've been out has been a, a series of things that I never thought were possible. Mm. And uh, it's only it's only possible through the relationships that we have, right? And mm. the fact that we establish relationships when we're inside and that we make each other stronger, we inspire each other. It's been a really awesome time. I feel really sleep deprived. It's beautiful though, and and, and I appreciate all of y'all. Absolutely, and I just want to close, man. Like, shout out to to all the donors, KOW, that made this trip happen for us. For real, like this has been a movie. For real, shout out to us. Shout out to the currently and formerly incarcerated people that made our worth seen, that made our values known, because they brought us out here because they saw our value. You know what I'm saying? And and it was that's decades of organizing that's decades of fighting while we were suffering we deserve to be seen so shout out <laughs> to us for real man like y'all deserve to be in this room right now and i hope y'all see that for real. for real like like man when i was on that ferry boat ride and i was riding back and i was staring out in that water that wind was blowing in my face and that salt water was on my lips i swear to god i started tearing up that's right i swear to god i'm like this is what freedom feel like That's a wrap for the second season of Uncuffed. You just heard Adamu Chan, Nate McKinney, Tommy Shakur Ross, and me, Tan Tran, reporting not from San Quentin, but from Oslo. Check out more pictures and videos from our trip on social media at We Are Uncuffed. And stay tuned for our next season by subscribing to our newsletter. That's at weareuncuffed.org. This episode was produced by Angela Johnston. Eli Wershafter, Nina Gensler-Debs, Sonia Paul, James Rollins, Andrew Stelzer, and our sound designer, Eric Maserati E. Abercrombie. Our theme music is by David Jossi. We got a lot of people to thank today for supporting this season and our trip to Norway. 
Shout out to Klinga for letting us use their podcast studio in Oslo. Shout out to Amanda at UCSF and especially Bree Williams and Tom Eberhardt for organizing our visits to Norwegian prisons. Shout out to Prison Radio International for bringing us all together and shout out to Ruva Radio. Thank you to the supporters, Andrea Kreider, Benjamin Pease, Bruce, Danielle Priest, Calvin Ng, Charlotte, Chelsea, Clyde Leland, Diane Wirtshafter, Dory Stein, Eileen, Eleanor, Elena, Emily Weiner, Emily Madelich, Gabrielle, Christina Bedrossian, Isabel, Joanna, Joshua Wirtshafter, Juline, Julia Walsh, Christy Kenny, Christina, Lewis, Meg Schwarzman, Nate Levine, Nick, Robert, Roberta, Sarah, Sharon Dolan, Susan Berger, Susan Krause, another Susan, Trevor, Victoria Froelich, and more than 20 anonymous donors. We also want to thank some volunteers who have been helping out with the program. Alexis Morillo Amesqua, Anjai Thakrar, Chris Ying, and Hamza Fami. Shout out. Uncuffed is a project of KALW, and we get support from the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. This episode was produced on the free side of the wall, and so we did not need approval from a public information officer. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.